Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here on this good Lord's Day. Let me see if all this works here. There we go. There we go. You guys can see that good? All right. Well, first, I want to thank um, all the elders and visitors for traveling here and being here today. Um, if you know me, I'm uh, the eldest son of Jason and Michelle, and if you, if you don't know me, I'm, I'm Zach. I've been at this congregation for a while. <laughs> and uh, if you know me, there's one thing, uh, once you get to know me a little bit, there's one thing that's pretty key, uh, a little fun fact about me. I love, I love music. I love my music. Like, you can ask my uncle. I turn on the radio, and uh, I can listen to, I can hear a song in three seconds and name it just like that. It's... I don't know if it's a talent or a curse, but <laughs> um, it's something that I've been really good at. And when I was probably a bit younger, when I was a little kid, um, I started to get really, create a little passion for music. And I started getting to like instruments like the piano and guitar. And I've always loved listening to music and always trying to learn different songs of that nature. Now, one may be asking, well, Zach, you like music, big deal. Why is that? Well, I started to get into it because it's something that I love. See, we all have different things that we love, that we're passionate about. And we know that as Christians, how we're supposed to have a zeal and passion for God, right? Titus chapter 2, verse 14. And we're supposed to have that zeal, that love and passion for Christ, but so often, as we live in the world, we, the passions of this world, they're so open and evident that our own passion as Christians for Christ is we tend to put that off to the side. It becomes second nature. We put it under the rug, so to speak. And what I want to do this morning is bring to light four characters, <clears throat> four characters of Bible examples who demonstrated that real passion for God, who we can look to, <clears throat> excuse me, as prime examples. And what I want to do is look at these examples and make an application for us from these examples found in the Bible, and hopefully it'll help us rekindle our passion for Christ or ignite it. <clears throat> so like I said, as mentioned above, as Christians, we sometimes tend to be more passionate for the physical things than we are towards the spiritual things. And when struggling with this, a great example to what for us to follow is none other than Jesus, right? Flip over to the book of John. John chapter 9. John chapter 9. We'll be looking at verse 4. John chapter 9, verse 4. <clears throat> John 9, verse 4. Verse 4, it says, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As Christians, we all know that Jesus, he is the perfect human being on this earth. And Jesus, he was also passionate to do the work of God. But we know that Jesus is perfect. But do we think about some of his followers? 
this morning, let's take a look and learn from some of them. We all know the story of David, right? See, David, he showed courage <clears throat> when he faced the Philistine giant Goliath and gained victory over that. And we all know that story, but we need to also recognize that he showed a great faith and passion for God. That's a key element. Without that, he wouldn't have obtained victory. <clears throat> and we need to also see that he had faith enough in God to perform such a task in the first place. But beside that, we need to also see that God was with him and it didn't go unnoticed by God. Flip over one book over to Acts. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, we'll be looking at verse 22. Acts 13, verse 22. <clears throat> verse 22, Acts 13. It says, And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. Now, why did David stand out in the first place? Well, like I said, his passion and faith is what made him different. It made him different from all the other people. He stood out among people. Flip over to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel 17, we're looking at verses 31 through 37, 1 Samuel 17, 31 through 37, verse 31, it says, when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been but a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And where there came a lion, when there came a lion or a bear, and took a lamb from the flock. I went after him, and struck him, and delivered him from his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and struck him, and killed him. Your servant has struck him down, both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. David was passionate for God's glory, and he didn't let his fear get in the way of that. He didn't let it rule his actions. And God recognized that his heart was pure, and he blessed him. But now that we've looked at David, let's look at another character. I'm reminded of the story of Peter. You remember Peter? Remember Peter, he was chosen by God when he was a simple fisherman to become an early disciple in his life. And Peter walked with Christ for about three years in his life. And Peter and his character's attributes, he was faithful to him. But in, his, in Peter's whole story, we all know that 
he denied Jesus three times, right? But whenever we look at the character of Peter, is that all we know him for? And did his failure mean that he didn't have some passion stored up in his heart for Christ? See, in addition to denying Christ, Peter, he is known for losing his focus and sinks in the water. Matthew chapter 14, verse 30. He is known for Christ telling him, get behind me, Satan. Mark chapter 8, verse 33. And he is also known for cutting off the high priest's ear. John chapter 18, verse 10. And when we look at all these attributes, you might think, well, really, Peter? These aren't the works of one that loves God or has a passion for God. But I think that each of these could be explained by saying, yes, Peter did have a passion for God, but he took his focus off God and his plan. And in each of these cases, it caused him to fail, right? Because passion, this is a key thing, passion without focus on God, it's useless. There's no point in having it. But please don't forget that Peter, he was also the first one to walk on water before he sank. He showed that great faith in God. And Peter, he was also trying to show his love for Christ when Christ admonished him. And he also was trying to defend Christ when he pulled out his sword. See, Peter's passion was being guided by his own self and not by God, and that's where he faltered. His own focus did not align with God in any of these cases. But Peter, after Christ's death, he went on to serve God with a passion. He knew that he was right with God while being aligned with God and focused on his plan. We look at Peter and say, well, he had a lot of problems, so why is he even mentioned? Well, did we take a look at ourselves? I mean, can I actually look in the mirror and say, where's my passion? Where is my passion? Do I display my passion for God? Do you display your passion for God? It's easy to judge characters when we don't look at ourselves. When we look at ourselves, though, is, it, is our passion in terms with our own understanding, or is it with God's understanding? Please turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. We'll be looking at verses 5 through 6. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Flip over to another book, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. We'll be looking at verses 17 through 19. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. Verse 17. It says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. See, what we get from Peter is, like Peter, we need to also learn to have passion 
to be passionate towards God, but we need to also recognize that our passion cannot be our own passion. It can't be driven by our own understanding, but we need to also align it with God's will. We must be able to let Christ be dwelled in our hearts. David had passion for God, and so did Peter, but another character in the Bible that demonstrated a great, character, a great uh, level of uh, passion for God is none other than Paul the Apostle. Remember the story of Paul, right? Remember Paul, he was a good follower of Christ Jesus, and he was famously converted on the road to Damascus, right? And this was after being formerly known as Saul. Remember, Paul, before being known as Paul, he was Saul who persecuted Christians. He had his own lifestyle and wasn't right with God. So Paul had a lot of problems in his life. He was persecuting Christians. He had a whole lot of problems. So you might be wondering why I mentioned Paul in the first place. What does his story have to do with passion? Well, because we know that his story doesn't end on a bad note, right? See, once Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, see Acts chapter 9, his life was turned around. His whole entire life was forever changed. And his, Paul's passion in the past was the Hebrew religion and persecuting followers of Jesus and a bad lifestyle. And after meeting Jesus, Paul's passion soon became Jesus himself, right? And whatever he wanted him to do, it was his passion. Please turn with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, one book over. Philippians chapter 3, we'll be looking at verses 7 through 8. Philippians 3, 7 through 8. Verse 7, it says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. Here we see Paul, he's a person who has it all, right? People feared Saul, Hebrews revered Saul, and Saul had prestige in all the things that a man would want. He had a great lifestyle. But Although Paul had a passion for Christ, with that passion, he gave all that up. He put it to the side. And like I said, Jesus was Paul's passion. He did what he wanted to do and not himself. But what about us? What about me? As a person, where's my passion stored? Where's your passion stored? Are our passions wrapped up in this whole world? As we leave this church, are our passions stored up in this whole entire box of this world and the cares of it? See, like Paul, we need to be able to look in the mirror and self-reflect with the help of Jesus, just like Saul, who became Paul, did. I want you to ask yourself, as a Christian in here, looking in the world, what would you say if you had to ask a person outside the world? What would you say, um, or what would they say our number one passion is? If they looked at us, or, and they were in the audience this morning, if you walked up to them, what would they say our number one passion is? 
To finish up, let's look at another Bible character that displayed the best example for having passion, that is being Jesus himself. See, Jesus' story from all the way to age 12 to his final breath, he showed complete passion for God. Please listen to the Holy Spirit through the hand of Luke give the account of these two bookends of Jesus' life. Let's flip over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2. This is a lengthy reading, so bear with me. Luke chapter 2. We'll be looking at verses 41 through 49. Luke 2, 41 through 49. Verse 41. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, sorry, excuse me, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to him, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Another passage, a couple pages over, Luke chapter 23. Luke 23, looking at verses 44 through 47. Luke 23, 44 through 47. Verse 44, it says, It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. When the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. Jesus, Jesus was most passionate about doing the will of the Father and making sure that it was accomplished. And despite what Jesus might have wanted to do for himself, he walked as a man in unison with God until his last breath. No matter what he wanted to do, he was always in line with what his Father wanted him to do. But like Jesus, <clears throat> like, like he followed God, what about you? What about me? Am I, do I, Zach, am I doing the will of God daily? Am I making sure that I follow his plan even if I go out in the world and face persecution? Because no one said this world, this thing's going to be easy. As Christians, we're going to face persecution. That's just part of it. And so, are we willing to face that persecution like with zeal and passion just like Christ did? Before we offer the invitation, I want to ask you this this simple question. Where's your passion? Where's your passion? Is it in the world or is it in Christ? 
Do you have a passion that will give you the courage like David, like he showed? Do you have a passion that is focused on God and is committed by learning from your mistakes like Peter did in his life? Do you have a passion that aligns with God's will? If not, are you willing to change your repent like Saul did? You have a passion like Christ where you are willing to always be about your father's business to the point of self-sacrifice. So, like David, Peter, Paul, and Jesus himself, are you and I eager to serve God? These four Bible characters that I displayed, they each had a passion for God. They each displayed their zeal and love for Christ. And so I ask you, do you have a passion for Christ? Throughout your Christian walk in life, can you say that you are showing your best true passion in Christ? Are you demonstrating that level of zeal for Christ in your walk today? Maybe you are a Christian who has lost your sense of passion for Christ. Maybe you know where you stand with that. Or maybe it's come to the point in your life where you've never been a Christian and are passionate to know Christ. Mark 16, 16 says, Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. If you realize that you need to turn your life around with Christ and get back with Christ, with your zeal and love or passion, come to the front as we stand and as we sing. I am resolved no longer to linger, John.